Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoop B and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on this media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Overtime. Hey, Josh here on the warm up on 97.3 ESPN. We'll get back to your text in just a bit at 609-403-0973. But as promised, joining us here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline, you can follow him on Twitter at Scoopy. Brandon Robinson, NBA insider. As all guests, he joins us here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline on 97.3 ESPN. Brandon, welcome back. Thank you, brother. I feel like I never left. <laughs> well, that's because you really didn't. We, you're just uh, you're just a text away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So one of the things that's important to me, because you know of my personal history and because of you know the things that I observe in the world, is that with everything that's going on in our world over the last several days, one of the things I love about the NBA, and I wanted to bring you on, is that the NBA they're not a come lately wanting to help people. They're not a come lately worrying about social change. This is something that's been going on with this league for decades now. The players in this league have been standing up for doing the right thing in society beyond just the things that we've seen in the last week. Talk a little bit about a bit about that history that goes back decades because like I said the NBA is not a come lately speaking up. No, for sure. Um this is a good observation on your part. I, I think even way before um, the last 
10 years where you've seen, you know, discussions about Eric Garner, I can't breathe, you know, as much as, you know, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant and LeBron James have been credited for, you know, wearing the I can't breathe shirt, uh, Derek Rose uh, was actually the first uh, to wear that. That gets lost in translation. But I'll add this. When you go back to the 60s um, and the 70s, uh, during the Civil Rights Movement, you had people like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, who was outspoken about, you know, things of that sort. You had um, Bill Russell. You had, uh, in, in the NFL, you even had, you know, Jim Brown. Uh, this was an era where, you know, guys made less money but were more vocal. And then, you know, here came the 80s and the 90s, and, you know, Michael Jordan was concerned about brand. And so he didn't really get into those societal issues uh, as a player and then here comes along LeBron James Uh, the only thing that LeBron James never spoke out upon and I think that was really thought-provoking for him and his existence as a brand and as an as an NBA player uh, was Darfur there were guys that were on the Cleveland Cavaliers team uh, back in 2007 I believe 2006 or 2007 um, who asked him to sign uh, a petition uh, because of Darfur and he, he did not do it and then you know then LeBron, you know, began starting just conversations about race and his existence as, as an African-American in this world uh, who grew up as a single parent or, or in a single parent home um, and, you know, realized that his, his platform and his responsibility. I'll add this, Josh. I think what differs from the NBA, from, you know, their NFL counterparts is typically an NBA roster is 15, 16 guys. They don't wear helmets. And so in a lot of respects, they are the equivalent of movie stars or rappers, if you will. And, you know, they each have a brand. I don't care if you're Jason Caffey, who played for the Chicago Bulls in 97, 98 season with Michael. You're recognized as the guy who was the power forward or center on that team. So I think the NBA has always been forward-thinking, progressive, and has been the model for many other leagues. You even saw it with the, the, the hiatus in the NBA. You know, they were the first league to, you know, stop play and a lot of other teams follow their model i know that a lot of people point to david stern as the first commissioner to really start empowering players you know he was at the forefront in the 80s trying to sell the league to the big brand sellers and the marketers you know in new york but i would argue that adam silver is the guy who has really taken the next step in empowering the players to take that next step into being leaders. Is that fair to say? Uh, Fair, but I'll add this. Um, Many people gloss over the fact that the NBA almost went bankrupt uh, right before Magic and Bird joined the league in 1979. And, you know, I had this conversation with NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas recently on the phone. We were talking about just what the league was like. And he said, if you really sit and you think about it, um, you had – Isaiah Thomas, or excuse me, you had Larry Bird and you had Magic Johnson, who actually you 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 had the, the David and Goliath story of Ebony and Ivory. Um, you had Larry Bird, who was the kid from French, French Lick, Indiana, and you had uh, Magic Johnson, who was from Lansing, Michigan. And the ironic part about it was Magic grew up better than Larry Bird did, but most people only saw black-white. And so that the high school or rather that college, the college days of magic and bird going against each other carried over to the league and people became very interested in that process. 
Um, and so when I look at what was going on during the Larry O'Brien days of the NBA, he was the commissioner before David Stern. David Stern comes and inherits a league where he enjoyed the golden era. Michael Jordan definitely uh, was a big part of that, but you also had guys like Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Karl Malone, uh, who were part of that era. Um, and, and then Adam Silver inherits an NBA at the right time. And I think Adam Silver inherited the league. I mean, right at the door, you dealt with the Donald Sterling issue. I think that is why he's gotten such high approval ratings from the door. But, you know, let's, let's be clear. The late David Stern definitely laid his imprint, and Adam Silver was second in command in the National Basketball Association. So, you know, Adam Silver has, is, was left in good hands um, with, you know, a good league. And, you know, I, I think he understands um, the plight of many just because he's exposed to a predominantly African-American league. And, you know, you have a lot of people within your circle. Uh, Leah Wilcox, uh, who's within the NBA league office, uh, who's been there for years. Mark Tatum, who's been in the league office for years. Certain guys that, you know, are at his disposal and women at his disposal that, you know, know what, how to clock TikToks. Brandon Robinson joining us here on the Boardwalk on the Hotline on 97.3 ESPN. Make sure you're following us here at Scoop B. Of course, the host of Scoop B Radio, the podcast as well. Check it out on all the podcasting platforms. Brandon, you mentioned a little bit earlier about LeBron James. I wanted to touch back on that again, which is, you know, I understand why Michael Jordan did what he did, how he handled things. But I think, and no offense to Michael, part of the difference between, for example, someone like him and his approach to the world and someone like LeBron's is their upbringing. The fact that when someone does come from not having certain things, certain advantages, certain things given to them, handed to them, afforded to them, it greatly shapes their view of the world. How much of that has been an impact on this next generation of athletes who are not just empowered to speak out, but they're saying, hey, listen, I didn't have certain opportunities, and I'm here to speak out about that. Well, I think that question is very layered. I, I can speak for myself in this aspect. Uh, for one, I, I me, my, myself, I've had the opportunity to be both raised in a single-parent household, but also um, my, my parents, you know, my my father was in my life at a later point in my life, but my mother remarried, and I had a stepfather who played the role of father in my life. And I think for black males, uh, women, black women have been the, the, the backbone and, you know, as far as uplifting, you know, the black community for a long time. But what I'll say to your, your question about Michael Jordan and the difference between Michael and, and LeBron is this. I think that um, when you look at Michael, who was born in Brooklyn, moved to North Carolina, uh, had mother and father in in, in the in the home, um, I think that that's the way it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, that's not always the reality of many, whether it's the prison system, whether it's just, you know, fathers not being interested in, you know, the, the, the upbringing of their children because, you know, maybe they didn't have a father in their home. They didn't know how to raise their kids. Um, there's just so many layered um, scenarios there that I, I don't have enough time on your show to even dissect that. But what I will say is when you look at LeBron James, single mom, um, father wasn't around, but, you know, at a later point, I, maybe I've heard that they did talk. I don't really know the, all those specifics. Even Shaq put out a song called Biological Didn't Bother. His stepfather, you know, took the, the mantle of being the father. It takes a village to raise a child. Um, and, you know, specifically when it comes to today's NBA, the ironic part about it is um, the NBA has kind of shifted in the 90s and even 80s or 70s. Maybe you did see more single parent um, situations there. 
But to, in today's day and age, the village is either raising the child or the socioeconomic is just different. Um, so I think that having a voice is, is definitely um, uh, the choice of the player. But I'll add, when you look at the riots of the 1960s, um, that changed a lot in communities. I, by that, I mean this. If there was a riot hypothetically in Philadelphia, if there was a riot in Chester, if there was a riot in Camden or Trenton, you may leave and you may escape and go to the main line. You may go to Ardmore. You may go to somewhere in Montgomery County. That being said, there's a disconnect with the city you came from and the city you moved to and all of those societal norms that go with that. And I think when there's a disconnect, um, certain people of color don't know how to communicate, how to share their grief, and even they may not even want to reconnect with the old neighborhood, if you will. So I think as African-Americans, most African-Americans are tied to somewhere down south, Haiti, Jamaica, what have you, and then they move to America. I think African-Americans as a culture are still finding out who they are as people they can't even tie back to who they are or where their families come from in Africa. And I think that the fact that African-Americans, it seems that they're united right now on what's going on in this world, I think is great. But I also think that we shouldn't just depend on athletes and celebrities to be your voices because it starts in the community. I'm glad that LeBron is speaking up. I'm glad that Michael Jordan is, you know, um, now putting out statements and saying what he says but we can't always look to those people to be the voice. It starts grassroots. It starts locally. It starts at home. Speaking of grassroots and starting locally, we know that the NBA is trying to restart the season, not to make it too hard of a turn, but it is a topic that we've all been talking about. Sure. And I thought it was interesting. One of the things that Adam Silver said recently was about the fact that, you know, he didn't want to leave anybody's opinion left out. And I think that's important because of the fact that you have a guy like Chris Paul who is speaking for the Players Association. You have the Oklahoma City owner who came out in the one meeting. He said, hey, listen, we're a small markets. You know, we need to play. We can't go nine months without having a basketball game. We can lose our fans' interest. How important is it for the league to come back the right way to not lose that foothold in each market? Well, I think as much as we've been protesting and rioting or just having conversations, wherever you stand on this this um, assessment of what's going on currently with George Floyd, before all of that went on, uh, we were discussing the, the coronavirus pandemic, which, you know, the NBA halted on March 11th. And so, you know, it goes back to the health part. Uh, I think that more than anything else, you know, you, you may want to put a product back on the floor, um, but if health is not right, you may be endangering your employees who have to come from different parts of the country to play in either Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, or, or play in Orlando, Florida at, at Disney uh, facility. So I, I personally, I think that, um, you know, it's great that they're having these conference calls, Zoom conversations and more. Um, but I think that coming to a consensus on whether or not you're going to invite 22 teams um, or you're going to do the, the the old school way of the top eight teams in each conference and they're playing. Um, I think that the fact that they're hearing all these points of views is great. But I think the advantage that the NBA has, uh, when the NBA comes to town, you know it's a movie, it's a show. Um, they have the advantage of basically being the face of sports 
in a time when there's no 2020 uh, Summer Olympics. I think that is a great advantage that they have. Um, they, they, they have the opportunity to, you know, I, I come from the Black Baptist Church. They have the uh, ability to, to be the praise and worship, the Bible reading, the benediction, and the actual message as well, and, you know, in ways that other leagues don't have. You know, there's no NCAA tournament. Um, you know, at National ha- Hockey League, you know, is, is resuming play, but they're going to the playoffs. I think the NBA has to have the right fit. Um, and there's many things that are being discussed specifically. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I got word um, that there are, you know, discussing a, starting training camp on June 20th. And, and it's running through, you know, July 10th, um, which would affect, you know, if the season were to start at the end of July free agency would begin, you know, October 1st. And, you know, the NBA draft could run uh, through September 25th. So there's a lot of things that I think that they're gathering, uh, a lot of things that are being discussed. And there's certain owners who feel like if their team did not, you know, play to uh, a standard of making it to the playoffs, why send them to Florida or Vegas now when they didn't earn the right? So Michael Jordan has been very vocal uh, about – you know, the Charlotte Hornets and the fact that, you know, if, if they didn't make it, they, sh- they don't deserve to be there. They shouldn't be there. And he's concerned about his financial interest in that regard. You look at teams like the New York Knicks, did not earn the right to be there. The Golden State Warriors did not earn the right. But the Golden State Warriors are an interesting uh, dichotomy, you know, because they are not a typical 15th or 16th place team. They've dealt with injuries all season. So what a situation where you allow a Warriors team to play that's had time to heal wounds and, you know, what have you, uh, come, you know, to, to go against a, a, a Clippers or a Lakers team in the Western Conference, bro, that's scary. That's the 2015 Warriors team that won the championship all over again. What about the impact of the TV money and the regional sports networks? We know in baseball, one of the reasons why they're scrapping the Florida and Arizona plans is because the regional sports networks, I mean, you have teams that sign up for billions of dollars just in their regional markets. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that a lot of those regional networks in the NBA – their agreements say, well, you need to get to X number of games. Many times it's 70 games to fulfill your agreement. What kind of impact can that have on all of this? Well, I, I look at it from the perspective of conversations I've had with ESPN execs and producers and more. And, you know, their, their thought process is, man, life is boring right now. We're putting, you know, old programming and nostalgia on the show. It's great, you know, when you can put original programming like The Last Dance on television. But, you know, what about these contracts that we've signed? I think that we're in an economic climate right now, uh, you know, with coronavirus pandemic and, and, and the aftermath of that, where I think for some people, they're a lot more sensitive to the fact that, you know, if they can't play, you know, what can we do? But, you know, the other side of the coin is, you know, sponsorship is, is affected by this. Um, people are having to rework their, their, their whole layout. I'll give you a perfect example of I know that on the on the sneaker side of it, they took Nike took a big hit. Adidas took a hit because of the rollouts that they were supposed to have this summer. I can tell you that Scottie Pippen w- was supposed to roll out all of his retro, a lot of his retro sneakers this summer um, through Nike, and that they were supposed to be new little penny commercials through Nike appearing during the NBA playoffs. Tracy McGrady was supposed to you know unveil some of his retro Adidas sneakers, and so. From a commercial side, it's, they're toast in that regard. But from a side of TV, I'm, I'm not an economist, but I, I just know that the conversations that people are having, there's a, there's a level of disappointment. Fortunately, there's a level of understanding, too, because many people are affected uh, by the, the, the novel uh, coronavirus that you know is affecting anyone from health to business to, to sports and more. We're just all having to, you know, we're all on timeout, if you will. 
Um, but I, I think when you talk about specifically regional television networks and how they're affected, I would imagine that NBC Sports Philadelphia is affected. I would imagine Yes Network is affected. I would imagine that uh, just TSN and some of these other networks who carry these games, you're not thinking about a virus that's going to wipe out everything. And I think it's so new. People are willing to understand. But I will, I will add to that is I had a conversation with a buddy of mine years ago about the, the minute that um, – Sports doesn't have to come on at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night anymore, and you can show games on YouTube, and you can show games on demand in that regard where, like, a game could be at 2 o'clock. You think more of baseball in that regard than you do basketball. But when, you, when, when games can be shown at different times, not just set times like normal, um, there could be a whole new avenue for advertising and a whole new level of control that now uh, companies have. So, like, if you don't have to buy bundle packages at ESPN, if you will, or TNT, if you will, you could show an NBA game at 1 o'clock on the sci-fi network and still make money where you're not just set into one network all the time. And so I think that when all of this is over, there's going to be a new level of renegotiating and a level of, you know, on-demand that we never thought was fathomable before. So I think that's what's going to change. I think the way that these contracts and these TV networks go about your packages is going to change as a result of Corona. He is Brandon Robinson. Follow him on Twitter at Scoopy. Of course, the host of Scoopy Radio, the podcast. You can check it out on all platforms. And as all guests, he appeared here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. And we didn't talk anything about the Sixers, but we covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> well, uh, clap your hands, everybody. Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers. Uh, 10, 9, 8, 76 ers they have a chance uh, to, to be a team Scoop that, you know, if they're healthy, can do some damage. I think one of the things that I'm enlightened or encouraged by with the 76ers is the fact that um, Ben Simmons has time to rest himself. Uh, you look at Joel Embiid at the beginning of the season was playing, putting MVP-type numbers, and um, he and Ben Simmons have been the talk of the town of whether or not they can coexist. I think what's significant about the Sixers is the trading deadline and the things that they were able to do. They brought in Alec Burks. They brought in Glenn Robinson III, you know, from Golden State. And, you know, Glenn told me a couple months ago, he said, man, you know, I'm, I really was channeling my inner uh, uh, Draymond Green. He told me that Draymond Green was really a mentor to him. And, you know, the reason why we started that conversation was because, you know, it's like you won a slam dunk contest in 2017 or 2018, and and people, you kind of, it seemed as though he faded out a little bit. And it's, it's, during that time in Golden State, it's it's almost like he was learning from the best. Um, I think that Glenn Robinson III uh, within the Sixers system, along with Alec Burks, can cause problems um, because they're so unassuming uh, in their level of, of, um, of competitiveness. I think that, you know, the fact that the Sixers were unable to re-sign Jimmy Butler, were unable to sign um, J.J. Redick, uh, I felt as though their best season was last season, um, particularly because of the way they were able to move Ben Simmons off the basketball. Uh, because he, he's so tall and because he has court vision, I think sometimes the elasticity of what he could do gets lost in translation, and he, and he can score at will. I tell people all the time he can hold that ball like bread and get to the basket. And Jimmy Butler was able to, you know, manage the, their, their system, you know, in, in third, fourth quarter situations. And so, you know, for me, um, I want to see the Sixers regroup. Um, I, I, I think that they have veteran leadership, veteran talent, but they got to, you know, I think that this playoffs, if there is an NBA playoffs, 
um, they'll be going against some Western Conference teams that'll be interesting to watch. Like, imagine like a, a Sixers team going against a healthy Portland Trailblazers team. Um, I, I think the Sixers could do some damage there. Um, I, I'd like to see the Sixers go toe to toe with the Los Angeles Lakers in a playoff situation. So it's going to be interesting. And um, here's your PSA for the Sixers today. I think answered your question. My friend, I'm running late for a break. Like I said, we covered a lot of ground. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me to be myself. Absolutely. He is Brandon Robinson. Follow him on Twitter at Scoopy. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 